Revelation chapter number 11. It's our 24th message in the book of Revelation. Our series entitled The Revelation. And um, it is not the um, easiest thing in the world to preach through. But man, God has blessed us. God has helped us tremendously. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. So thankful for the faithfulness of God. We have just a little over 10 chapters left. And uh, we're about to go into the intensity of the Great Tribulation. And a lot is left, but in reality it's coming to a close. Um, and this text here tonight is kind of a... Um, it's, a um, it's a... It's one that doesn't really go here, but it does in the, when it comes to the Lord. Lord knew where it goes, so that's why I didn't really know how to say that. But it, it does go exactly where it's supposed to go. And it's supposed to go just right here in this text tonight. Um, and so we must understand that that's where it is supposed to go. But we're going to kind of go through it and see some things a little bit different here tonight. We see the seventh trumpet here in, in, in verse number 15. And that's where we begin to read. Well, the Bible says, And the seventh angel sounded. There were, fly, there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world... Are become the kingdoms of our Lord, of our Lord, and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. The four and twenty elders which sat before God on their faces fell upon I mean, on their seats, fell upon their faces, and worshipped God, saying, "We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power, and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath has come in the time of the dead that they should be judged." And they shouldst give reward in, in thy servants, the prophets, and of the saints, and them that feared thy name, small and great, and shouldst destroy them which destroy the earth. The temples of God were open in heaven. The temple of God was open in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. And there were the lightnings and voices and thunders and an earthquake and great hail. And it ends there. It goes on a little farther in verse chapter number 12. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun. And it goes on. And so it starts there, and there's some things that are getting ready to take place, but we won't, we won't go into those. And even though the context, the things may go on, but there's a seventh trumpet that sounds. And I want you to get this tonight, and don't miss it. And I want you to get it very clearly, but... As I have stated prior, practically, uh, well, we see the seventh trumpet here. We see the third woe beginning here. The second woe is ended in verse 14, and the third woe cometh quickly, the Bible says. And we must remember this fact, that the book of the Revelation is not in chronological order. It is not in chronological order. The announcement of the sounded, sound, sound of the seventh judgment doesn't key in the events of the seventh judgment. Um, it key technically the the seventh judgment. Each seventh judgment always keys in the next realm of seven judgments. So basically, the seventh prior judgments to this, uh, it's slipping my mind what they were for some reason. Uh, um, but the seven judgments prior to this time, the seventh seals, the seven seals prior to this, the seventh seal opened up the first. Uh, trumpet and the first woe and then so on the seventh seal of I mean the seventh trumpet will then open up the first vial so each 
ending judgment opens up the beginning judgments of the next. And so, 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 um, but this one here, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it sounds, but it doesn't begin the judgments of it. The, the judgments of it, the events that are of the seventh, the seventh trumpet actually don't take place until chapter 15. And, and so, so that's kind of, Odd, wouldn't you say that that's a little bit odd there? I mean, it just seems odd that they would wait um, four chapters to do that. But but there's, I believe there's a reason for that. And so in our text this evening, we see an event that seems to make the heavens rejoice um, because the heavens are rejoicing, but 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 it, but it makes the earth rage. And and so 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 what a difference in demeanors of people and demeanors of crowds. Uh, and I'm going to preach exactly that thought here tonight. So so rejoicing in heaven and and rage on earth. Rejoicing in heaven, rage on earth. I want you to notice five things tonight, and I'll be quick as quick as I can be. I want you to notice number one. There's a confirmation of prophecy in verse number fifteen. The Bible says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. We have no question of who that is. We understand that is Christ. There's none other um, named Christ in the Bible, but it is He. Uh, it is the Lord of Lords and it is the King of Kings that we're speaking of here in this verse. Uh, and so this verse actually has a lot to say in it. Uh, um, Christ, uh, before Christ was crucified, uh, in the book of John, in chapter number 18 and verse number 36, the Bible says, My kingdom... Uh, As Jesus is speaking, He says, My kingdom is not of this world. Uh, If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight. Uh, He's standing at the trial. He's getting ready to be uh, taken to the cross of Calvary. uh, And He's standing at the trial. And He said, My my servants would come to fight uh, if my kingdoms were of this world. Uh, um, And it says that I should not be delivered uh, to the Jews... uh, But now is my kingdom not from hence. There's a key word in that verse. That key word would be now. It says now is my kingdom not from hence. If you notice that 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 verse uses that word now. So, So will it one day? That's kind of the question that we have. Yes. And then after Christ arose from the dead, he stated in Matthew 28 and verse 18, he stated, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. The power had been given him, and so there would be a kingdom. There just won't be a kingdom yet. But now in this verse, they're saying there's a kingdom. And so there's just not a kingdom yet coming. And so we know he already had the power to do so according to the book of Matthew. Everybody all right tonight? According to the book of Matthew, he already had the power to do so, but he chose uh, not to do that just yet. And so, so thank the Lord that he didn't because we would have never got the opportunity if his kingdom would have come then. 
But now, as the ending is on the horizon, in the next two chapters, the Antichrist uh, is going to pop his ugly head out. And he's going to do some work. And then, in chapter number 15, these events of the seventh trumpets will take place. And all the earth will be in the hands of sovereignty at that time. And so we know at the present time, according to Scripture, that the kingdoms of this world are in the hands of, the, of, of Satan. So, so we can look back at the book of Matthew in chapter number 4, um, which is a gospel uh, speaking to the Jew. And so Matthew chapter number 4. In verse number um, not 8, the Bible says this. The Bible says in verse number 8, um, let me find it. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. So, so Satan took him on top of that pinnacle and he said... Here is all the kingdoms of the world. All the kingdoms, kingdoms mean kingdoms, by the way. Here's all the kingdoms of the world. I'll make you the leader of them if you'll bow down and worship me. If you'll bow down and worship me, I'll make you the kingdom over uh, the king over all the kingdoms of this world. Uh, and even Jesus himself calls Satan the prince of this world. John chapter number 12, verse 31, he says he's the prince of this world. John chapter number 14, verse number 30, he calls him the prince of the world. Uh, um, John chapter number 16, verse 31 or 11, he calls him the prince of this world. Uh, and now what I'm stating doesn't make Christ weak either. It doesn't, it doesn't. It's just the Bible. He is uh, the principality uh, and the power and the prince of this world. Uh, That's what the Bible tells us that he is. He is the prince of the power of the air. Uh, um, He is the the God of this world. Uh, And that's just what he is. But in the very beginning of time, God gave the sovereignty, uh, the leadership of this world to his dear son. From the very beginning of time, God gave the sovereignty to His Son Jesus. Men do not acknowledge Him as so now, though. They don't acknowledge Him as the sovereignty of this earth. Christ was given this this world. He was given this world to rule over this world. And then sin came. And Satan not took over, but was given dominion. He didn't do anything. Of his own will. And so, but, but, but right now, nobody's doing it. By, nobody's realizing who Christ is by choice. When they have the choice to do so, they're not doing it. But one day, I'll tell you, friend, they'll do it by force. And so there's a confirmation of prophecy. The prophecy said um, that the kingdom uh, uh, that that the kingdom would come to pass, that Christ would have the kingdom, and He does have the power to attain the kingdom. So there is a confirmation of prophecy, and then I see in uh, chapter 15 there is uh, the Christ in power. There's the Christ in power, and, and the Bible says in verse 15, and He shall reign forever and ever. And I tell you, this is the Christ that the Jews sought. Amen? 
This is the Christ that the Jews sought. Um, they didn't want the lamb. They wanted the lion. Um, they wanted him. They wanted, a, they wanted the militant leader. And, and then, now, now they'll be getting that lion. Isaiah 9 and verse 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, uh, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom uh, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord and host will perform this. Luke 1, the, the, the angel is talking to Mary in verse 32 and 33 and she, the, the angel states, and he shall be great, and he shall be called uh, the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, uh, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And so, so they're looking for the lion at the beginning. They're looking for... The king, and they're not looking for a babe. And the day here that we see has finally come. The day has finally come and he will reign forever and ever. And the reason I get so excited about this is I'll be with him in his reigning. Now notice a few things about his reigning kingdom. I want you to notice number one, the superseding of his kingdom. It tells us about his kingdom. Not only will this kingdom, the Bible says, in this kingdom of this world are become the kingdom of our Lord. And so all of the kingdoms of this whole world will not compare to the coming kingdom of Christ. The kingdom of the Egyptians. The kingdoms of the Persians uh, and the Babylonians and the Romans uh, and so on and so on. Uh, each one of those kingdoms uh, will be superseded by Christ. Uh, he will supersede uh, their kingdoms. Uh, all of them had the passion, uh, but none of them had the power to rule the world. Everybody all right tonight? It's a whole lot different atmosphere than it was this morning, Brad. Um, but I think we done got over what happened this morning. Amen. Jesus will come. One day, Jesus will come as King of kings and Lord of lords. He will. And He'll rule forever. He'll rule this world forever. Superseding over all the former kingdoms forever and ever. All will bow to Him. Anybody excited about that? Man, I sure am. I sure am. Man, I'm so excited about that day. I'm excited about that day. I, you, you, understand, you would understand if you were on this side right now, okay? Time out. You'd understand what I'm trying to get you guys to do and what I'm trying to talk to you guys about. You'd understand if you were on this side. Because it's a lot harder to preach. But I'm not trying to get you to shout and run the aisles or anything like that. I'm just trying to get you to feel like you're with me here. Because there's a God in heaven that we're going to be on His side we're already on his side. Just imagine the day when we get to do that. Man, I can't imagine it. The superseding of his kingdom. Then I want you to notice the sovereignty of his kingdom. Now, now he is the king of the kingdom. The Bible says he is. And the seventh angel sounded and there were, given, there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. He shall reign forever and ever. 
Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that he shall reign forever and ever? I'm glad he's going to reign forever and ever. Uh, nobody's big enough to kick him off the throne. I mean, Pharaoh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, um, Caesar, Hitler, Napoleon, Stalin, uh, Saddam Hussein. None, none will be like who this one is. Uh, none has ever been like he is. The only thing they did was live and die. He died, but three days later he got up. Uh, and so thank the Lord. He has all power forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. There's a confirmation of prophecy. There's the Christ in power. Then I want you to notice thirdly, there's the Christians in praise. The Bible says, uh, And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their faces fell upon their faces. Excuse me, I don't know why I keep saying that. Fell, uh, and God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God. Uh, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art was and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee great power and hast reigned. Here we are again. We're on our faces praising the God of heaven. Amen. The kingdoms, the kingdom has come. And we, we take the time to get up out of our seats and bow down and worship God. What a splendid view of what lies ahead. And friend, they're praising Him for giving the kingdoms to His, to his Son. That's why we're praising Him. There's the four and twenty elders. And we're praising Him simply because he, God. We're praising God. We're not praising Jesus right here. We're praising God. Praise the Lord for Jesus. But we're, we're, they're, they're, three, they're three separate beings too. And so we're praising God, the Father, for giving the Son the reign of all that He's doing. And so the Bible says in Psalms 22 is a prophetic text of this and a prophetic text of a lot of things. It's a prophetic text of, of Calvary. Um, but the Bible says in that chapter in verse 27, All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the kingdoms of the nation shall worship before thee. Uh, for the kingdom is the Lord's, and He is the governor, governor among the nations. And so here he is, and we're praising him for that. Uh, so they, so we praise the Lord for his position. Uh, we see that in the first part. It says, "Oh Lord God Almighty." It's just who he is. He never forgot one promise. He never slacked on keeping them. He is Lord. He's God, and He's Almighty. Amen. They praise him for his position. They praise him for his prominence. Art, their art, and was, oh, and and art to come. I mean, he has, he is, and he will be. This is God. No one could ever claim this. But gee, Satan thought that he had put to an end to this kingdom, but you, you can't put an end to somebody who's always been. Amen. The praise. They praise his promise and uh, his providence, prominence. And then thirdly, they praise his power. The Bible says that taken to thee thy great power. He has certainly withheld a, a up unto purposeful time. Now is the time. Now is the time. And he took his power. Satan's long dominion is coming to an end and we're, we're, we are here praising him for that. And what a day that's going to be. Amen. There's a confirmation of prophecy, Christ in power, Christians in praise. And fourthly, I want you to notice there's a consideration of the people. Verse 18, the Bible says, And the nations were angry, and the wrath is come, the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. 
So here we are. This here gives us a view of two people groups. It gives us a view of the sinners. And it gives us a view of the saints. And this is a view of each seemingly receiving a reward. And whether good or bad, they're receiving a reward. And so, so this verse could get you very much off if you're not careful. You need to take it at face value is what you need to do. What you think it is, it probably is. Let me just say that. So, so however, I believe, looking at the con- I believe looking at the context of this, wholeheartedly I believe this is speaking of a time that will be addressed in Revelation 20. And um, let me turn there quickly for you. The Bible says in Revelation chapter number 20, in verse number 11, let me see, the Bible says, And I saw a great white throne of him that sat on it, that from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, there was found no place for them. Saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those books, which were written in the books, according to their works. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according. So we see that the sea is given up. So the, who's being judged? The dead. Is that all right? Is that not what it says in our text? Is the time of the dead that they should be judged? So, so the, the dead has been judged, and death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. It tells us here, thy wrath has come. The time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that shalt, thou shouldest give rewards unto the servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear the name. I'm going to go through something here in just a moment that I want you to get, and I don't want you to miss. And Elisha's trying to pay tithes again, I guess. And so here we are at this exact moment, uh, and I'm looking at this, and I'm seeing something very prominent when it comes to it. So, so who are we talking about? When is this going to be? How is it in chapter 11? Why is it in chapter 11? Well, I I can't answer all that, but here's a few simple reasons why I believe this is talking about the time in which we just read. Number one, Jesus is taking the kingdoms. Verse number 15, Jesus is taking the kingdoms. He has already taken the kingdoms at this point from from verse number 15 to verse number 18. The kingdoms are His in verse 15. We agree on that. Verse 18, the, judge is, the, the dead is judged, and the people are rewarded. So, so, so it, is that not the same time frame that Jesus is going to do in chapter 19, 20, and 21? I mean, not, excuse me, 19 and 20, where He takes the kingdom as He goes to the earth, and He recompenses everything that's on the earth, and He fights the earth. So that's one thing we have to understand. And then another thing, the Bible says the wrath is come. What wrath? The wrath of God. What's that talking about? That's talking about the battle of Armageddon is what it's talking about. It's exactly what it's talking about. You cannot go anywhere else where it talks about the wrath is coming. And so, so then we got that. And then, then we also have verse uh, where it says that the, the nations were angry. Are the nations not angry in the valley of Megiddo when they're coming against the Lord of Lords? That's what it is. And then we can look at that. And then, This is also a time of the dead to be judged. The dead are being judged here. And so, so this certainly, I believe, this points to a time that is spoken of in Revelation chapter 20. And also I believe it's a time that's spoken of in Matthew 25. I'm going to turn there and read it for you just quickly. In Matthew 25... 
And I want to read this and try to, try to just use the Bible as our commentary tonight. Matthew chapter number 25 and verse number 31. The Bible says, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory. Everybody tell me when that is. Second Advent. So He's coming in His glory and all the holy angels with Him. Who is that? Well, that's the holy angels. That's us. Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. What, what throne is that? David's throne. Okay, we understand the context, right? And before him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left. And then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed to my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. Have you ever done that for the Lord? Lord help. I was a stranger, you took me in naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer them. Answer him, saying, Lord, when shall we thee hung, when saw we thee hungry and fed thee, uh, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When, shall, when saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when shall the, we see thee sick, or saw we thee sick, uh, or in prison, or came, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed and the everlasting fire. Prepared for the devil and his angels. We are agreeing here that they are being cursed and they are being sent to the lake of fire. They are being judged. Why are they being judged? Look at verse 42. For I was a hungry and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger and ye took me not in. Naked and ye clothed me not. Sick and in prison and ye visited me not. What would you call those? works. Is that all right? That's using the Bible. They're not doing something for the Lord. They're not doing something for Him. They're not doing something for people. And then shall they also say to Him, Lord, when, we, when saw we thee a hunger or thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee? Then shall He say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of these, the one of least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away to everlasting punishment by the righteous into life eternal. We understand that this is the lake of fire simply because it's everlasting. So, I believe this points to that time. Why is it in chapter 11? That's a, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Now you answer it too. Amen? So I don't know it either. Matthew, Malachi, Malachi. Oh, just a few pages. From Matthew. One book over from Matthew, Malachi, chapter number 3. Malachi, chapter number 3, verse number 16. I want to read that verse. The Bible says, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him. What was in chapter 20? A book. There was books, plural. And what were they of? Remembrance. They were books to remind him, not that he needs to be reminded, but they are books that have works written in them. 
That's one of them. Nonetheless, before him, for him, for them that feared the Lord. Let me turn back over here quickly. Look at the last part of this verse. It says, Thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. Okay? Look. Then them that fear the Lord, and that thought upon his name, and they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. He's making up his jewels right here. <coughs> and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked or the sheep and the goat. Between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. So to him that clothed them when he was naked, him that gave him food when he was hungry, and him that gave him water when he was thirsty, and him that come and visited him in prison. We're using the Bible, right? Look at chapter number 4. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh, the Lord is showing me a lot of things while I'm reading this to you guys. Come and shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. So what day is that? That's when God's going to destroy the earth with fire. Judgment day, yeah, sure. But unto you that fear my name, it tells us in chapter eight, verse 18, chapter 11, and them that fear thy name. So unto you that fear my name, Shall the Son of Righteousness arise, that Son is of capital S, with healing in His wings. And ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. In the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb. For all Israel with the statutes, this tells us in judgments, and the next verse tells us, when this time is talking about prior. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the Lord, great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So we do realize that there is a context, and the context would have to be around chapter 20. So... I believe it deals with this time. And it's a promise to those that fear him. Look with me quickly. There's the wrath toward the sinners. Even in tribulation, look at, look at verse 18. And the nations were angry and the wrath is come. The time of the dead and they should be judged. And they should okay, that's good enough. Even in tribulation, the world remains angry and defiant toward the God of heaven. They will oppose and they will reject the Lord's offer of salvation until the end rather than seeing themselves as they are sinners in need of a holy God, in need of a Savior. They curse and they deny God. 
And our world today is filled with those who reject Christ. They live as they please, indulging in sin, and expect to, an, to answer to no one. And the Bible warns, uh, warns of the coming judgment, as we just read, for those who reject Christ. The Lord will have the final word in judgment. And there won't be any arguments. There won't be any accusations against Him. Because he's perfect. These will stand without defense at the judgment. When the judgment is pronounced, they will stand without a lawyer. And when they stand there without a lawyer, they will have no place, but the result will be eternal death in the lake of fire. Eternal separation without God and torment apart from him. Friend, Jesus died for all men. But those who deny Him will end up in the lake of fire. That's where they go. And all whose names are not found in the book of life will stand accountable before uh, for their sin. And what a terrible time to stand before God uh, facing the penalty of sin. I'm glad that my sins are, are covered in the blood never to be brought up again. Amen. Amen. The wrath towards the sinners, then the wages towards the saints. We see in the last part of that verse, and that they should just give reward under the service of prophets to the saints and them that fear thy name, small and great. And should also that small and great gives us a good key idea that it's talking about later on because it also mentions that. And should us destroy them which destroy the earth. And so as the lost are judged for sin, the redeemed are rewarded for their service unto the Lord. This verse mentions servants, it mentions prophets, it mentions saints, uh, and them that fear thy name, uh, and small and great. I mean, it, it's, it's almost like there's no one left out. And so, 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 so your, your service down here may go unnoticed uh, with little gratitude, a little encouragement. Uh, but Jesus, don't forget those things. Amen. I, Jesus, don't forget them. You know, I'm not saying this directive towards y'all. Promise, promise, I'm not meaning this. Um, but I've been told less thank you since I have pastored and preached than I did before I pastored and preached. People in the pew have left this place because we didn't say thank you enough. I want you to know that. Because they didn't get enough commendation. I'm not doing it for the thanks of you. I just want you to know that. But man, I'm doing it for the thanks of Him one day. And, and, and my point is, is that that's what it's about. It's about Him. He will not forget. He rewards every deed uh, you've ever done for His glory, every sacrifice and every faithful thing, uh, every prayer and every encouraging word, every expression of love. Uh, all will be remembered and rewarded by the Lord. Amen, Amen friend. I'm thankful for that, aren't you? Amen. All right. There's a confirmation of prophecy. The Christ and power, the Christian and praise, the consideration of the people. Lastly, I want you to know there's a conclusive perspective. This verse is a tough verse. just want to let you know that. Verse 19, the Bible says, And in the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there were there was seen in his temple the ark of his testimony, testament, and there were lightnings and voices, thunders, and earthquake, and great hell. So, so, um, this here is, I could probably go deeper than what I'm going to go tonight, but I'm, I'm just going to be quick through it. But this is a view of a scene in heaven, okay? That's what this is. It's a view of what is there 
and I believe pretty uh, prominently these are passages that will come hereafter. Right. So notice with me quickly. There's the access is approved. Access is approved. This speaks, it says, and the temple of God was opened in heaven. This speaks of access to every man. Now think about this. If this deals with the judgment seat of Christ, excuse me, if this deals with the great white throne of judgment, then every man is now in heaven. The tribulation is over. And this ain't my notes, but the tribulation is over. And every man is now in heaven at this point. We agree on that. They've been judged. They're in heaven. Boom. That's it. Time as we know it is over at the, after the judgment seat of Christ. Time, time, I mean, the great white throne of judgment. Time as we know it is over. Every man that's going to be in heaven is in heaven. The new Jerusalem is built. So, I believe this could speak of no access at all. I mean, no, no veil whatsoever. I believe there's an application there. Every man that has ever been saved uh, in the earth through the blood of Jesus have been washed in the blood, sealed by the blood, and been taken up to heaven by the blood and walked through the pearly gates by the blood is here. And so also we must consider the fact that the temple on earth was made according to the pattern which is in heaven already. So we know there is a temple in heaven. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22. There is a temple in heaven and the construction of the temple on this earth was according to the temple in heaven. And so, so, so we understand that. But thank God for final access. Final access for future access for, for the finality of it that it will always be have access to the temple and the throne of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm thankful for it. Access is approved. Then the ark has appeared. How about that? Thought this thing disappeared. Nobody knows where it's at. Nobody knows where it's at. But the Bible says, and and there was seen in his temple the ark of his covenant of his testimony. That's the ark of a covenant, by the way. Very clear. It's the ark of the covenant. Guess what? God knows where it is. Everybody thinks they found it all the time. This constant remind. Oh, I found the Ark of the Covenant. I found this. No, no, no. It's in heaven is where it is. Uh, and notice this was not an ark, but it was the ark. It was the ark. It was the ark of the covenant. It was the same ark that Moses uh, led the people of Israel. Uh, and Joshua led the people of Israel into the promised land. This is that same ark. And the ark represented the power of God. Uh, it represented the presence of God. Uh, it represented the, the prominence of God and the, 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 the promises of God. It represented all those things uh, and people thought it was lost but it says it's almost like the Lord through the ins- John through the inspiration of the Lord knew that one day one day some people would claim that it's lost uh, and he said and there was seen in his temple the ark of the testimony let me just say this. People thought it was lost. It was not. God kept His promises with His people. The plan of God was accomplished and His kingdom has come. His kingdom has come. Remember that prayer that all the Jews were told to pray? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
on earth as it is. We're getting this. We're using the scripture. Thank the Lord for the Bible. Amen. And so, so the ark has appeared. The access is approved. And lastly, the affliction is announced. Where the Bible says, and there were lightnings and voices, thunders and earthquakes and great hell. Last verse I'll read, but in the book of Job, in chapter 38, the Bible says, the Bible says in Job 38, verse 22, this is speaking of the, the strength of Christ. Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow, or hast, or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail, which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war? You tell me what the time of trouble is. Well, the time of Jacob's trouble is the tribulation. And so the time of trouble and the, the battle is fixing to rage is what it's fixing to do. Uh, and in the very arsenal of heaven, God has uh, snow and great hail uh, and rain and lightnings and thunderings and earthquakes. Uh, and things are fixing to take place. Uh, the Lord has many means of judgment uh, that is yet to come. Uh, and the seventh judgment will soon come to pass. Uh, and then seven more vile judgments. Judgments uh, will come after that, and those are the worst ones uh, where things are going to be desecrated upon this earth uh, and wiped out, and the rivers will turn to blood, uh, the seas will turn to blood. Uh, over a half of the humanity uh, that's left will die, and God will wipe out the face of the animal kingdom. Uh, there's so much that will come, uh, and each thing, each one will get worse uh, from one to six to seven heaven it will get worse and they rejected his love and they rejected his mercy and now they get his wrath the worst is still to come the worst is still to come if you were to die right now do you know for sure that you would be in the number rejoicing around God's throne of the 24 elders Thank the Lord I do. Amen. Uh, would you be in the number that will stand around the judgment, the great white throne of judgment being judged for your works uh, because of what you did wrong? Lord, help us. I'm telling you, Jesus died for all. He did. His life, He gave His life so every man could be saved. Thank God He loves me. He loves you and wants you to enjoy the heaven that He's prepared. And that's true. Or He is prepared, whatever you want to say. You can know for sure. I'm thankful that I can know for sure. Amen. I'm thankful that there, there's something that made heaven excited. But man, it made the earth rage. Because God was fixing to come. And He was fixing to judge this earth for everything that they had ever done. One way or the other. I believe that's the right proper... Um, context of this scripture pray it was a blessing to you tonight let's pray we're done we love you lord we thank you god for your goodness grace and mercy thank you lord that there's things that are rejoicing in heaven lord rage on earth lord there's things that don't settle with men down here but lord down deep in my soul in the heavenly part of my soul lord it's it's rejoicing i'm thankful you're coming lord i'm thankful lord that there is a day coming lord where we will reign with you I ask you, dear God, to help us live that way now. Lord, help us live it out for you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. Thank you for the word of God. Help us, Lord, as we move on in this study. Lord, as we have the ten chapters remaining. 
I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, to use that, Lord, use it, Lord, to help us and grow us, and we love you so much. Thank you for this night, in Jesus' name, we pray.